Welcome to the Plant Powered Pantry Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Dobrowanski, an educator, author, and self-trained chef. I believe that small changes in our food choices can make big differences in our health and wellness. So, whether you are vegan, veg-curious, or simply want to kickstart your health, this is the podcast for you. Each week, we will investigate one plant-based food item to expand your pantry one step at a time. Together, we can build a healthy foundation by investigating the history, health benefits, and by providing tips on storage and cooking, along with a delicious recipe for you to try. I am so happy you are joining me in my kitchen to explore all the wonderful, accessible foods the world has to offer. So put on your apron and join me as we open the doors to the Plant Powered Pantry. The information on this podcast should not be taken as medical advice. If you require a medical diagnosis or prescription, or if you are contemplating any major dietary change, please consult a qualified healthcare provider. You should always seek an expert medical opinion prior to making changes in your diet, supplement regimen, or lifestyle. Welcome back, pantry people. I am so happy you're joining me in my kitchen today. As we're doing something very different, I have one of my first guests on the show. I know. I loved talking to my friend Jessica from All the Right Bites about her journey of health and wellness, uh, debilitating disease, and being able to take control of it and not allow the disease to rule her life, but allow her and the choices that she's making to do that. We talk about her journey into being plant-powered. We talk about her medical journey. And then we also talk a little bit about what she's been up to lately and what she has planned for the future. What I love about our conversation today is Jessica and I just kind of click and we were immediate friends from the start. And I promise that if I ever get up to Canada, she's one of the first people I am going to visit. Also, just on a side note, you may hear us referencing the Boston Marathon during our conversation. And that's because when we recorded this conversation, The Boston Marathon was in full swing, and her father was running in it. So she was kind of keeping track and watching where he was along the the race as we chatted. But let me know. Do you love episodes like this? Do you want me to just go back to our typical format, or do you want a little bit of both? I'd love to hear what you think. Hit me up on Instagram, The Plant Powered Pantry. All right, here's my conversation with Jessica. Welcome, plant powered people. I am so excited to have all of you here today, but more excited to be doing something new. Um, this is something I've never done in this platform before, but I'm very excited. I have my friend. Jessica from All the Right Bites with me. And we're going to be chatting today about veganism, about health, about nutrition, and how we can use food to heal our bodies. And Jessica has an amazing story. And first of all, what's very exciting is a little bit of the backstory is that we were just Instagram followers on each other's pages and started interacting with each other and liking each other. And Jessica reached out to me one day and said, hey, would you be interested in collaborating? And I was like, absolutely. We totally have the same vibe and very excited about it. And so here we are. Um, So we have audio, we have video, and this is going to be available in so many different places that you're going to be seeing our faces a lot. (laughs) So Jessica, welcome to the Plant Power Pantry podcast. I'm so happy to have you here today. I am honestly so excited. Like you said, even from the first moment that we started interacting, it's just been very 
vibes. It's been like-minded vibes where I'm just like, this is just a cool lady. And it's weird how social media can bring you together. Absolutely. And, and for all my listeners who, who I'm know, so I'm in the Northeast of the U.S. And my friend Jessica is all the way up in Canada. And so I know one day I will get there and we will be face to face. Yes, you'll come to the mountains. I'm actually I love like, it. Like, I far love west it. Of I love too, it. So, like, completely uh, so opposite Jessica, side. why don't you start by telling um, our viewers and listeners a little bit about your vegan journey because it is so very unique and so very interesting. Yeah. So for me personally, my journey with health started when I was 15 because I was diagnosed with MS. Um, and I think I went through like the period that everyone goes through where they're like, I'm going to ignore this and do nothing. So I did that when I was a teenager. And then as I was in my 1920s, I was in school for health science um, and I got hooked on this nutrition course. And I really started looking at what can nutrition and physical fitness do to help my MS. And so I started researching literally every single diet for MS that I could find um, and just figuring out really what worked for me. Um, I will say that as I was doing this and I started really investing in my health, I saw my relapse recovery time go from six months to two weeks. So that's what kind of like spurred me forward to go more and more in depth. Um, and then in 2019, I had a stem cell transplant um, as a way to heal my body from the MS and hopefully stop the MS. Uh, and I'm very lucky that I live in Canada because I did not have to pay for it. <laughs> it wow. was a very expensive procedure. I think it's about $120,000. Um, so I didn't have to pay for any of it, but while I was going through that, my goal was to make my body as strong as physically possible prior to undergoing the stem cell transplant and then make my recovery as quickly as possible. And so I was really listening to what my body wanted. And as I was going through the stem cell transplant, um, I had already drastically reduced like my meat and animal product consumption and even just the smell of it going down the halls. I was like, my body does not want this. No part of, my, part of my body wants to eat any of these animal products. So I'd be calling my mom up and going, can you bring X, Y, Z to the hospital for me? <laughs> bring, and she would actually bring me food every single day. And every single day, the guy would pop his head in and go, do you want your meal today? And I'm like, nope, no, thank you. Um, and I just started eating more and more vegetarian. So I started off going vegetarian. Um, and then about a year into that journey, I went completely vegan for the environment, for my health. So and to have there's a couple things that I want to touch on first difference. is, you know, I have women in my family um, who are showing the hereditary trajectory of being, of having MS. And you, you like, when you say you were 15 and diagnosed with it, that was very young because I know like my own experience in my own family has been, you know, 20s or 30s or even 40s in some cases. And so you are very young because not only do you have this disease that is, um, you know, attacking your, your body, but you also are going through puberty. You're also going through everything that goes along with being a teenage girl. And so talk to me a little bit about the rarity of being diagnosed at such a young age? Yeah, so it's getting more common for people to be diagnosed in their teens. Um, mostly we're just better at identifying it. Uh, and so for me, well, at the time that I was diagnosed, only about 3% of people were diagnosed before their 18th birthday. And I, in, it sounds weird to say that I was lucky to be diagnosed so early, but for me, my first symptom was I had gone on vacation with my family. I had literally had my 15th birthday. Um, and the whole time I was on vacation, I was having trouble with the heat and I was feeling very like fatigued. And my parents just thought I was being a hormonal moody teenager. And <laughs> we got back from the Dominican and about three weeks later, I woke up and my left eye had frozen in place. It wasn't like a symptom where you're like, oh, I feel numb and tingly and my foot falling asleep and ignoring it. Like when you looked at me, my eye did not move. This eye basically just looked forward. And I hid it from my mom for about 10 hours because I just sat in my room and like looked at her like this. And then she was just like, stop looking at me like that. Look at me head on. And she was like, wow. And I ended up going to the hospital and they, MS wasn't even on the table when I showed up because I was so young. No one said you might have MS. I was told, oh, you have a lazy eye. 
oh, it's a brain tumor, or you could be diabetic. Like they were throwing out all these different diagnoses, but no one said MS until I had an MRI. And then they're like, oh, this looks like MS and we're seeing lesions and like based on where they are, there's 90% chance it's going to progress. And so I ended up going to SickKids Hospital in Toronto where it was officially diagnosed. Um, and then I started doing a summer camp for kids with MS. And I can tell you at the summer camp, there was like 20 of us a year. <laughs> uh, it was 20 to 30 kids. And that was bringing in kids from across the country. We had kids from BC. We had kids from Quebec. We actually had kids who were down in the States who we would fly into this camp. And we never had more than 30 kids at a time. So it was quite young to be diagnosed. But on the flip side, it also gave me access to treatments from a very young age. Um, so lucky to be diagnosed. Talk to the listeners a little bit about the stem cell process, because first of all, for those of us who are in the U.S., that is a very aggressive approach and very rare to see it actually being utilized. And here you are at a very young age. Um, I believe you shaved your head um, and you were in the hospital for a prolonged amount of time going through everything. And there's also that risk of your body rejecting it. So talk to the listeners a little bit about that whole process. So it was a very scary process. And I'll phase that by saying prior to this, to me agreeing to the stem cell transplant, I had tried four disease modifying therapies. So we call them DMTs. And when I say I tried four, like I'm like, I'm signing up to be one of the first people like, trying these new medications. I was, I'm all, I've always been the person who's like high risk, high reward, let's hit this hard, balls to the walls, let's do this. So I had done four treatments, two of which were very aggressive as it was. They were brand new. I did one called Lemtrada, which was supposed to stop. It stops progression in like 80, 90% of people. I can't remember what the stat was. Um, and unfortunately for me, it didn't. So in 2018, I moved out to Calgary. And I had been out here for a year and it was very scary. I moved I'm literally 3,500 kilometers away from every one of my family members. So like, <laughs> I moved across the country. Um, I got a new neurologist and I did an MRI and my neurologist said, your MRI is still progressing and it shouldn't be progressing the way that it's progressing once you've had this treatment. Um, and so he actually called me like two weeks before Christmas um, of 2018. So Merry Christmas to me. And he said, I really think you should consider a stem cell transplant. We're starting to do them here in Calgary. Um, I was lucky and there's actually only two cities in Canada currently doing stem cells. So I just happened to move to one of two cities that was doing it, um, which my mom says is another further proof that I was always meant to be at West. Uh, but he said, I want you to consider doing stem cell transplant. And I basically told him to pound sand. I was like, nope, I'm not being bald. I'm 26. Like, I don't want to do this. This is too much. Um, and I went home and I had a very emotional Christmas. And then I started looking at all the research and I said, well, you know what? Like, I want a long, healthy life. I want to be able to run marathons and climb mountains and do all of that stuff well into my 50s, like my father is, as he's currently doing Boston Marathon. Um, and I want to be healthy like that. And if this is going to give me the option to do that, um, so I kind of went back with my tail between my legs to my neurologist and I said, no, I think I want to do it. Um, and I had to get the approval of like four different doctors. So you needed the approval of two neurologists and then the two hematologists. And then there was a whole procedure to it. Uh, so I did, as part of the treatment, do a fertility harvest. I did an egg harvest. That took about six weeks to harvest eggs because we knew there was a 90% chance that I would be infertile or stop producing, like stop having viable eggs after this transplant. Um, and then they do kind of like one round of chemotherapy. And then they give you this, these shots called the GCSF shots. And GCSF, GCSF shots are $4,000 a needle. And they're designed to pull the stem cells from your bones into your blood. And they warned me, they said, this could be very painful. Oh. And I had zero pain. I was still out running 6K a day while I was doing this. And it was boxing. And they were like, wait, really? And I talked to people who were going through it. And one guy compared it to being shot, but I had no pain. And I was still running. And then once they do all of that, they harvest your stem cells. They harvested 8 million 800 million stem cells from me. So they are my own stem cells. It's an autologous transplant. And then you go into the hospital for what you said was the very hard part. So I did 11 rounds of chemotherapy in eight days. Yeah. So I basically hooked up to chemo all day long, different rounds of chemo all day long in the hospital. You're not allowed to leave the hospital. 
they have like blood transfusions because my platelets out like it was a lot and I was in the hospital for about three weeks that July I would say I was in the hospital for three weeks um, in a room by yourself because you're actually so immunocompromised you can't even share a room um, you can't have anyone under the age of like 10 no they're, they're not allowed on the ward like there's all these rules so you're so immunocompromised my parents and my my boyfriend of four months we started dating four months before my stem cell transplant were the only people who visited me um, and they brought me food and then they give you your 800 million stem cells back and they to this day they are always excited when I come in because of the fact I had no pain or the fact that I I recovered so quickly that I got the stem cells back on July 19th. That's my second birthday. I celebrate every year now. I get two birthdays. Um, so I got them back on July 19th. And like three wow. weeks later, as soon as they took the port out of my chest, I was back in the gym boxing. And they, the doctors would get really <laughs> excited whenever I came in. They're like, what did you do this week? How's it going? Because I was just blowing past all of their markers. And my neurologist was just like, it's got to be your diet. That's the only difference. Like, it's got to be how active and it's your diet that's pushing you through these recoveries. Because they told me to prepare to be sick for a year. They said you were going to feel like crap for up to a year after your stem cell transplant. And I was back in the gym with him. And I've seen the pictures. Bald. Yes. Very bald. <laughs> back in the gym. Yep. I and love to this it. day, I still keep part of my head shaved. It's like, I did so it. So talk to me a little bit about cool. how you were eating. Oh. So yes, you said your mom was bringing you food. Were you super focused? Because you have this nutritional science background. Were you super focused on just getting, you know, the nutrients in? Or was there a very specific plan that you had in mind to say, no, I need this today. I need this tomorrow. And I've got to make sure that I'm getting this every single day. So it depends on what part of the journey I was at. So at, when I was preparing for the stem cell transplant, I was very strategic. I have key markers that I want to hit. Like I want to have leafy greens every single day. I want to have my cruciferous vegetables, my beans, my lentils. Like I have very similar to how I eat now. I have targets that I hit every day with my diet. Um, but when I was actually going through the chemo, your body is going through so much stress that at that point I wasn't focusing, okay, I need to get my leafy greens in every day. I would wake up and my mom would be like, what do you think you can tolerate today? What is your body going to allow you to eat? Because I'm like one day, I had literally the one day I had three rounds of chemo in one day. I had three different chemos in one day. And so they're giving you anti-nausea medication, all these different medications. And I'd be like, it was the weirdest thing. The only thing one of the main things that I craved while I was going through chemo was carrot cake. Um, <laughs> don't ask me why I just wanted carrot cake so I would tell my mom you need to go to this bakery that has this vegan carrot cake bring me the carrot cake or I'd tell my mom can you get some of those like vegan sausages and I want it with plain whole wheat pasta like it was very weird it, there was no structure to my diet at that point it was just what can I consume so that I am eating something so that when the, the next day happens I have the strength to kind of keep going and then once I got off the chemo, it went back to having very strategic like breakfasts and veggies and fruits. Um, smoothies saved my life throughout the middle, like the whole thing. My mom would bring me smoothies and my dad found this milkshake place and he's like, I'll bring you a milkshake. Um, because yeah. when you're going through the chemo, all plans go out the window. So there was a plan before and there was a plan after, but the actual, when my mom was bringing me meals, it was what will your body allow you to eat today? And like, sometimes she'd even bring it in after I asked her to bring it. I'm like, nope, sorry, I can't eat it. Like, can you go get me this instead? And like, it was very- Yeah, and that's incredible because in you kind of, of that continued day. that even now post, cause you kind of hinted to it a little bit before. And I know recently you and I are on this fiber is our friend kick. Like get your fiber every day. You can never have too much fiber. And, you know, everything it does for your, not just only your gut, but your energy, your satiation and everything that it just feeds your body. It just, it's, it's amazing. And so how did, you know, now post, you know, having gone through all of that, how now are you focused on your nutrition and what does a typical day in your food world look like?
Yeah, I always get this question. I get this question a lot from people who are oh, not please the protein because they're like, you're not getting enough protein. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, guys, I can almost guarantee you you're having too much protein um, and it's really hard on your kidneys. So for me, I get normally 70 to 80 grams of protein. Um, and I always make sure like the number that I focus on, you're right, is fiber. I get at least 50 grams of fiber a day. Most of the time I get 60, which is two times the recommended minimum. And I think the recommended minimum of 30 grams is way too low. And people are always like, well, you can have too much fiber. And I said, no, you can't. <laughs> Depend- said, yes, if you go and you chug like Metamucil all day, every day, that's probably too much fiber. But if you're eating whole foods, your body and you increase it slowly, your body adjusts. So what I do is every morning I have, there is something called the Kashi Goline cereal. Um, and it's one of my favorites because I get the chocolate one because I do have a sweet tooth. So every morning I have my cashew goline. I chop walnuts up on top because yep. wa- two tablespoons of walnuts basically has most of the omega threes that your body needs. So I do my two mo- tablespoons of walnuts. I do a little bit of my dairy free chocolate chips just because I love chocolate. Um, and I do berries. And so that in itself has like 15 grams of protein. So not worried about the protein, but it also has like 15, 20 grams of fiber. So like I get my fiber and then I'll have a snack. It depends. Um, so I make my own bean dip every week. So I'll do like a white bean dip or a black bean dip. So I'll do like a dip with just a plate of little, little vegetables, like cruciferous vegetables. Broccoli is my friend. So I'll do broccoli and different veggies. And then for lunch, I normally have right now <laughs> because it's getting warmer. And by warmer, I mean it's like 10 degrees outside. Um, I have avocado toast every day. So I get this fresh sunflower flax bread from the bakery and I do avocado toast with like vegan feta, um, cherry tomatoes and balsamic fig vinegar, which just is amazing. I should say I should go around. I've always said, I want to go around to all the different restaurants that do avocado toast (laughs) and say like your avocado toast is crap. This is how you do it. Uh, (laughs) Ash the avocados, don't slice them. Um, And then every afternoon I have a green smoothie. And I've talked about my smoothie with a lot of people because people are always shocked. I don't add protein to my smoothie. And I'm like, I'm hitting 70 grams of protein, 75 grams of protein a day. Yep. I'm not going to add, it tastes like crap if you add, and you don't need that protein. So my green smoothie is how I get my leafy greens. It has three servings of leafy greens. So I do spinach, kale, and Swiss chard. Um, it's got half a banana, mango, pineapple, and oranges, and then like coconut water. So I have that every day and it gives me all of my leafy greens that I need because I hate salads. I think eating spinach, it tastes like you're eating air. And I'm like, this is a lot of effort for not a lot of like density. So I just, I put it in a smoothie and I put flaxseed in there because flaxseed is golden. So I do that and I have my green smoothie and then my dinner, like I eat pretty much the same thing every day. People think I'm really boring except for dinner. Dinners are always different. So tonight I'm having a black bean TVP burrito that has like sauteed veggies in it. Lots of protein people. Um, it's got a whole grain tortilla and I put it in the air fryer. So it's not fried or anything. It's really good for you. Super, a lot of veggies, more beans because you cannot eat too many beans. And then in the evening, I have two snacks. I'm a nighttime snacker. So I have an apple with almond butter or cashew butter. And the cashew butter is a treat. My boyfriend's mom goes to this very fancy bougie it's literally called PB&J. They do nut butters in Calgary and they have the best nut butters I've ever had. So when I get those, I'm like, yes, I'm doing so well. And I have that and I like ration it, but I have that every night. And then I do uh, popcorn because popcorn is a whole grain. So it helps me get an extra whole grain um, with a little bit of vegan butter, salt, and then nutritional yeast because it's like cheesy and delicious. So I have that pretty much every night. And then I go to bed and like, it's, I said to people, I'm like, you realize that if you're eating fiber, yep. you're getting like, First of all, it's free calories because fiber just passes through you. So people like it's, and it helps lower your cholesterol. It helps your waistline. It helps you poop. You should poop at least once, if not twice a day. <laughs> like people don't realize that. They're like, I went two days ago. I'm fine. I talked to a friend and they're like, I haven't pooped in days. It's girl. Like, are you okay? <laughs> so I focus very heavily on the fiber because it helps your entire gut health and make sure everything's moving. And I eat a lot of beans. So if I wanted to summarize, I would say I have two or three servings of beans, lentils, and legumes a day. I have about three servings of whole grains, three servings of leafy greens, um, one serving of cruciferous vegetables, one serving of veggies. And then I have- The beautiful thing with that is that when you take a step back and you look at everything like, that you're right. eating, because we eat very similar. You know, I start my day with a smoothie. And, you know, for me, it's just like powers me through the morning. 
and I add flax and chia to mine, but, and our recipes are very similar. Um, and so I, that can, that can carry me through the morning. I'm a midday snacker. So like my apples and nut butter are happening <laughs> like after lunch in the, or mid morning. And so, yeah. And you should yep. have nut, like I always tell people, I'm like, you should have nut butter every day. If you don't want to eat raw nuts, just have like a scoop of nut butter. Yeah, you should have absolutely. Nuts every day. Absolutely. Your and your, and your body knows what to do with things. it. It knows what to do with so. those healthy fats. And so there's a lot of, and I'm like, you're not eating like a cup and a half of nuts every day. No, you're looking at the recommended serving size of, you know, maybe a quarter cup every day and doing that. Or if it's processed, maybe a little bit less, but yep. Yep. I do a tablespoon of nut butter. That's all you need. But when you take that step back and you look at everything you're eating, you're also, you know, what a lot of us call is eating the rainbow because you're getting every single, and it's such a great starting off point for anybody who wants to kickstart their health, whether they're vegan or whether they're just veg curious. It's like, it's the perfect starting off point. Eat the rainbow every single day. Make sure you're hitting all those different colors and you're getting them in some way, shape or form. Both you and I are getting most of them in our smoothie, but then in the rest of the food that we eat, we're, we're also just kind of supplementing it. And I always tell people, I'm like, people are, oh, oh well, what, you have to track your calories. You have to track your food. And I said, I don't track my food regularly. Like I'll put it in on occasion to be like, oh, look at that. I'm writing my goals. Um, but I said, if you're eating all these whole foods, like I will say that I also, like I have a piece of chocolate every single day. Every single day I have chocolate. Um, right now in my cupboard, I have the Lint vegan chocolate bars because we just got them in Canada. And part of the reason I only have a piece every day is because one chocolate bar is like $8. So you're like, I'm going to ration this because it's an $8 chocolate bar. And I also have Purdy's chocolates just came out with a vegan salted caramel. Um, so I have one every single day. And I'm like, if people are eating, I'm sorry, trust me, if you're eating your like three servings of veggies and your leafy, if you're eating all that food, you don't necessarily have the space to snack. You're not hungry and have the need to snack on the processed stuff. But you can also have it every, like I have chocolate every day and I'm like, I'm not deprived. I have chocolate literally every single day. I have my popcorn every single day. So like you're having these snacks that are treats, but I don't look at it as treats. And I'm like, you should just be able to eat the food you want. And if you're getting 80, 90% plant-based, then the extra 10% is it. like 20%. Is so your talk to me a little time. bit about you where this passion want. for cooking comes from. Honestly, I have loved, it started off as baking when I was little. Um, we used to bake, like for Christmas, I used to do something stupid, like 1200 Christmas cookies. Like I would, and like part of it was my dad. So I would, <laughs> I would make all of these cookies um, and we'd go running, we'd be like, daddy, 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 try this. And he'd eat the cookie dough. Um, and he'd be like, yeah, it tastes good. And he would try all these different foods and we would bake for him. And we would freeze the cookies and he would, we would bake like leading up to Christmas and then he would go down and he would eat them frozen so he would go in and sneak the frozen cookies so then we ended up always having to make more cookies for Christmas so I was constantly baking and then as I got older um I just found that for me like after work if I come home and I'm making a meal it's like quiet and peaceful it's very zen I've got music on and I'm just kind of in the kitchen doing my thing um and it tastes better like anything that you make at home, it tastes better than like, like I make homemade pizza instead of buying pizza. Like it's a little bit more work, but I can control exactly what's going into it. A lot of the times when you're eating out, it's very processed and there's a lot of oil and added fats that I didn't want, a lot of added salt. So I just started making it myself. Um, and when I was in university, my second degree is a nutrition and dietetics degree and you have to take a cooking class. So like for one year, I literally went into a cooking class twice a week. And they're like, this is how you braise things. This is how you steam things. This is how like they go over all the different cooking terms yeah. and how to use knives. And like, it was just fun. Like I was a class where I got to cook and like they actually on my, my birthday happened to be the cake day. So they made me a birthday cake for the cake day. Like, and I just, 
I don't know I've my boyfriend always teases me because he's like you're always in the kitchen cooking and whenever you're cooking you're talking to yourself like you're a tv host cooking <laughs> I'm like okay then I'm gonna do this but it's it's a passion I just love food and it's so okay, much fun all, to start I'm with so like happy to know that I'm not the only one who talks to myself in the kitchen while I'm cooking <laughs> my husband will do the same thing he'll come in and be like who are you talking to he's like are you recording something I'm like no I'm just talking Yes. Talking to myself. My boyfriend always knows when I'm cooking because he's like, you're either talking to yourself or if I'm at his house, he's a record player and I put Billy Joel on and he'll be like, oh my goodness. Like, is there another record you want to listen to? And I'm like, we have four Billy Joel records. Like, I'll just listen I to another it. Billy Joel. And like, see, I do the enough with the Billy Joel. Depending upon what type of food I'm making, I have that kind of music on. So like Sunday night in our in our house is always pasta night it's always oh. italian night and so i've got the frank sinatra the dean martin the, the rat pack going and we're like old school italian <laughs> oh i should send you my uh i, love I should it. send you I love my it. pull apart definitely. garlic bread we make that definitely oh my goodness so What's next for you? What's what's on the horizon? I mean, I know you're kind of starting the your YouTube page, but just kind of thinking about everything. What's you know what's next for you? What are your what are your long term and then also your short term goals for the next couple of years? Yeah. So my short term goal for this year is I'm actually so I've coached people on their nutrition, but I've done it very sporadically, and like COVID happened, and stem cell transplant happened, and all these things happened. So this year, my goal is to actually start doing that full, like not full-time because I have a job, but like as my passion project outside of work, uh, because I believe in helping specifically women, like I help men too, but like specifically women, um, I'm very into like the intuitive eating and listening to our bodies and getting rid of diet culture. So that's my big goal this year is to get back out and coaching people. And so, like you said, I started my YouTube, just showing people how to cook and make food fun and showing people what to eat. Uh, so that's on the horizon. Um, my 10 year goal, I would love to be able to do that full time. Well, also while there's an animal sanctuary in town that I just want to go roll around with some pigs. <laughs> would love to do that on a daily basis. Like if I won millions of dollars, I'd be like, I'd quit everything and be like, I'm going to go hang out with pigs. Um, so that's like my five year goal as well as to get out there and start volunteering with the pigs and the cows and just being around the animals. That's part of why I am vegan. Um, my uncle actually started raising cattle um and we he has a cow named George that the whole family has met and my aunt has actually said that if anything if you ever send George to slaughter we're getting divorced because he's become like a pet um and just being around these animals so short term is kind of bringing the coaching up getting the YouTube if people want to cook with me um I'm going to be doing Instagram live showing people how to cook and just really getting food and veganism out there and then my long-term goals is to eventually retire still helping people it. but also I love it. And, okay. So first things first is you have to go to Jessica's Instagram at all the right bites and check out her smoothie that you just made the other day and you posted. Okay. First of all, I have blender envy because yes, I have a Vitamix and I love my Vitamix, but that blender you've got girl, that's commercial next level. No, it's just a ninja. Like, it's just a ninja blender. And I was just, yeah. I've always wanted a Vitamix, but I was like, these bad boys are like $700. And like, look at this. Maybe, okay. as look, you can see, I've got my I mean, behind me. Like, talk about pantry envy. <laughs> this, is where I, this is where I've spent all my money. So I was like, I don't have the money for a Vitamix. So I just got uh, a ninja <laughs> with some crappy tire, um, Canadian tire. Uh, <laughs> So there was just a ninja on yes. sale and I was like, yes, and I bought the ninja, but this blender is insane. Like this thing is so good that I was like, I don't need it. There you go. Maybe there when I go. uh win the millions or something, I'll get a Vitamix. But like this blender, yeah, and that smoothie, one of my honestly, like people just seem to love it. Like <laughs> it's so good. And I yep. I either use fresh oranges or orange juice, okay. depending on what I have and what's in season, because <laughs> I do live in Canada and <laughs> try to buy local. Um but that smoothie recipe, I highly recommend it for anybody who wants to get their greens in without eating. Or a, I can't stand kale. And it's like, this is the easiest way to get kale into your diet is through yeah. a smoothie. 
Yep. I actually prep, like I make my boyfriend little smoothie kits so that he has one every day. Cause I was like, I know if I'm not around. I love it. So I like, love it. Have some. Oh, uh, okay. So rapid fire. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. First of all, I have to ask before we get to rapid fire, Nutella is being very good. <laughs> Especially knowing that there's other people like hearing other voices. She is being awesome. You also. She is, she's so used to me working from home now because I've worked from home for three years. Actually, when I go back into the, cause I work at the university, when I go yeah. back to the university in two weeks, she's going to have a hard time. <laughs> But she's so used. Yeah, she's currently. I love she, it. She's a dinner. She sleeps <laughs> under my it. furniture. Another so reason to check out Jessica's Instagram is to find out all about Nutella. <laughs> yes, you'll find out about my baby girl Nutella, mm -hmm. and you'll get to see all of I, sh I share all of my hiking mountains. So if you ever want to have mountain envy, I I go hiking in Calgary, like just in Banff and Kananaskis, and yeah. what I call the most beautiful place in the world. That's why I moved out here on a whim was for the mountains. And so we, I love it. And my partner in crime. One of the other things we have in common is we both have a pretty Starting big days. exercise goal that we've set for ourselves. I know myself is this October for running a marathon. And I know that you've talked a little bit about it for doing that yourself. And I know that as we record this right now today, the Boston goal. marathon is happening and your dad is running it. How's he doing? My dad is 99% done, it says. He passed the 40.6-kilometer yep. mark, so 25.2 miles. Um, he is currently running it. That's he awesome. is on pace, I think, to finish That's at around 311, 310. So he is currently – and I do – I want to run – a marathon. My goal is sometime either this year or next year to run the marathon. This year I might do the half yep. and next year do the full. And I always say, I want to do it at least once to say I've done it. And then I, I do love the 10 Ks, the five Ks and the halves. So I might never do it again, but I'm, I want to do it. I do something to, I celebrate my MS anniversary every year. So I've done the bikes and the half marathons and runs and all of these different things. I love it. So I hear you. Yeah, I've been talking about it for years. For and finally this of, year I said, like, this oh, is no. the year. And because I'm like you, I'm a, I'm a 10 K half marathon sure. type of gal. And I've always talked about doing the full. And so I love it, but when you're ready, we will pick one together and. <gasps> I kind of want to do the Vegas one and like run down the strip. That's always been a goal of mine. My mom and I were talking about, cause she was going to do one and then kind of life and COVID happened. Um, but I said, maybe I'll do a half year marathon this year and next year I'll go to Vegas. And do well, the, not only that, but and a friend and of mine strip. just ran it. And one just of my fun. other goals for next year is to do, um, there's a half marathon in London. It's the London landmark half. And you like, if you look at the course map, it, it looks crazy, but you actually like run past every single big landmark in downtown London right for a half marathon what better way that would be cool the mm -hmm. other one that I've considered so my first ever half marathon that I did was the Niagara Falls half marathon um and for the Niagara Falls half marathon uh you're in Canada for the half but for the full you actually start on the American side of Niagara Falls and you run across the bridge and you finish in Canada. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that'd be really cool to start in one country and end in another. And an update, <laughs> my dad just finished. So I just got it. Alan Congratulations. Fall finished the 126th Boston. Wow, Marathon that's amazing. Amazing. In 3.13. I mean, like the last time he did it, he was, <laughs> was in high school. So it was like, oh God, like 13 years ago. Huh. And he did it in I love it. I love it. Congratulations so, to him and everybody a, else on that race line today. So, oh my gosh, I've been watching some of it and just getting yes. all emotional watching it. So. I'm like, I want to be there. I like, it sounds like when you're yeah. going through, you're like, this is just <laughs> terrible. And then when you finish it, you're like, cool, what's next? Let's yeah. sign up for the next one. Like the first half, yeah. you're like, I got this. And the second half, you're like, this is awful. <laughs> 
And then sounds like, like we're going to be yeah, doing like, okay, cool. What's next? Let's do another one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now here we go. <laughs> Rapid fire. <laughs> if there was only one bean you could have for the rest of your life, what would it be? So bean, and you make refried beans with it. I do refried beans. <laughs> like when I was growing up, my dad used to take us to Taco Bell and I'd get the bean burrito, even as like a child, I'd be like, I want the bean burrito. And to this day, I make my own um, jalapeno mashed, like refried beans. So I would keep my pinto beans. Cause you can do everything else with them. You can use them it. technically. I love it. You wanted, but uh, what three pieces beans. of advice would you give to anyone who's considering going vegan? Yeah. I, the first thing I always tell people is to just start. So doesn't matter if you're starting with one day a week, one meal a day, like however you want to do it, just start adding plant-based foods into your diet and to start, like, I hate when people are like, I'm going to start on Monday. Just no, just do it today. Choose something. Um, I would also tell the other piece mm-hmm. of advice I tell people is to be kind to themselves. Like I always say, if Um, whenever I talk to people, because I'm very big on the intuitive eating, I find with diets, there's a lot of like, I can't eat this and I can't eat that. And there's like a lot of food shaming. I would tell people to be kind to themselves. And if one day you eat something, because I've had it happen where I go out and I eat something and then it turns out it wasn't vegan and I don't sit there and judge myself, I just be kind to myself. Um, and then the third piece of advice I always tell people is to get just curious, get curious about food, find as many different like for when I first started going plant-based, um, there is a TNT, which is a different, it's an Asian based grocery store. Um, and I would start going there yep. because they have foods that we don't necessarily have in like a safe way or like they have just all this crazy variety. And I was living in the GTA at the time. So I would go to different like grocery stores that had stuff my grocery store didn't. And I would say this week, I'm going to pick something I've never had before. I'm just going to pick a weird looking vegetable or different fruit. And I'm going to eat it and I'm going to see what happens. And I'm going to get really curious. And like, that's how I fell in love with like different foods and making different foods as I went and I got curious and like the worst yep. that could happen is you don't like it and you don't eat that meal. Like <laughs> someone will eat the meal. I had stuff where I tried making it, didn't like it when I was at university. And I just said to my roommate, I'm like, here, you want a free meal? And he's like, well, yeah, thanks. So like it didn't get wasted. <laughs> um, but just to get really curious and try different foods because a lot of people are like I and myself included I used to hate mushrooms um and your taste buds do change after chemo so before chemo um I used to like certain foods and I didn't like them anymore and mushrooms was one of the ones and I now eat mushrooms and it's just learning Mm. how you might not hate the food you might hate the way that it's prepared so like still try it I love it and that's a lot I hear a lot of people with tofu they're like Oh, tofu. And I'm like, no, you just have not had it prepared properly. Let me make you a dish. <laughs> yeah. And like, I'm like, yes. you need to realize there's, there's different tofu. You can have soft tofu. So if I have top soft tofu, I put it in a dip or a sauce, or you can have medium or extra firm. Like there's all these different tofus and they all get prepared a different way. So like, you can't say you hate tofu. You might hate <laughs> medium tofu that's been poorly prepared, <laughs> but like, <laughs> Try it all. Just get curious. And I, I don't like saying, oh, I won't eat that. I love I it. Pretty much. And be, as long as it's plant-based. I'll I know it. you just came off a it. waffle kick, but what are you cooking right now? <laughs> uh, so I did do for Easter. We did do waffles. Um, I did vegan buttermilk waffles for my boyfriend and his parents this weekend. Um, what am I making this week? So this week I am doing burritos. <laughs> Uh, my, I find the weather kind of influences what I'm making a lot of the time. So I was also doing a really big soup kick because in Canada, it was like minus 40 and you just wanted a warm bowl of soup. Um, so I'm off the soup kick right now. I'm really big into, um, my bean dips because I get beans every day. So I'm really big into the bean dips. Um, I'm really big into, I'm making homemade pasta a lot of the time now. Uh, just, yeah, my boyfriend has loved tortellini and you can't get vegan tortellini. So I started making vegan tortellini. Uh, so I would say homemade pasta. Um, and then I've also become very big. I have a sweet tooth. So I make like a dessert, but I add stuff into it that makes it higher fiber and healthier. So today on my Instagram live, I'm doing, um, 
white bean blondies. So like a blondie, but it's made with white beans. And I do black bean brownies and I do like a banana zucchini bread. So I'm very big into like my treats, um, but making them higher fiber and healthier so that I don't want to say they're guilt-free, but they I love they that. I love that. And you're my, such my an inspiration because I remember when you're going through your waffle kick, I'm like, what if I put my falafels in my waffle maker and the falafel waffles are game changer? <laughs> yes. Pierogi waffles, unreal. Pierogi waffles, I do taco waffles. I'm doing, I'm filming a fajita waffle this week. Like I'm still on the waffle kick because my waffle recipe, again, people are so obsessed with the protein. So I'll tell people this. My waffle recipe has like 11 grams of protein in it without like, and that's just a plain Belgian waffle. Like that's without the TVP or the jackfruit or the other toppings that I'm adding. And my waffles are ready in five minutes. When I come home and I don't feel like cooking, I'm like, I can make a waffle. (laughs) I love that. And then also you recently posted (laughs) a zucchini bread recipe and I was challenged. I gave my self-challenge, self-imposed challenge to finally veganize my grandmother's recipe. And of course, you know, I had to, you know, put Jill's magic spin on it. And I added shredded carrots and I added ginger and turmeric and it it came out amazing. love my zucchini bread it is I uh, so I do have a recipe database where I upload everything and I've got a meal plan database for people who are just wanting to get started so it has fully plant-based meal plans it has fully plant-based recipes um, and every month I add like 20 new recipes to it my zucchini bread got added this month to it because uh, I've had a lot of people ask me for that recipe like I make it and I take it places because if you show up a little dessert it's a zucchini bread of course (laughs) I do that all the time (laughs) but so yeah the zucchini recipe has been a hit with everybody I've had numerous people where I've taken it places I love it I love it all right and how can anybody who's watching or listening today connect with you I am pretty much on every social media now. So I do have All the Right Bites Instagram, All the Right Bites Facebook. Um, I have my website is All the Right Bites. Uh, and I do, I did recently just get TikTok, which is a learning experience, but I did get the TikTok. Um, and I keep, <laughs> I felt so sad this week because I just got the TikTok. And this week, the, one of the trending videos is there's like a sound where it's just like for all you older people on TikTok, like born in the late 90s or earlier. And I'm like, you are terrible people because I'm not old. So you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook. I do have a Facebook community where I do cooking lives um, and I do cooking lives on my Instagram. Um, and I do have a YouTube channel that I just started uh, because my boyfriend got tired of me <laughs> talking to myself and not doing anything. About it. I love it. And there's just a like, whole yourself learning curve that comes with that. And then there's also a, a very, very steep, like, self-evaluation <laughs> that goes along with it oh yeah I've learned during the social media that I can't be too critical of myself I'm just like I'm better off to film it once or twice and post it exactly than like if you film it like eight times you're never going to post it and you're going to like so I was like yeah I'm just going to post it and like, I keep seeing, uh, one of the things that I always tell people is if you're afraid of doing something, um, just do it because the people who are judging you, they don't matter anyways. Like someone in Germany could be watching my videos and totally judge me. I hear you. I, I hear you. I should do that so same like, thing. And now it's, now mm-hmm. it's like people like comment. They're like, I love your, your videos. And I'm like, okay, thanks. Like, I'm not just being a big goofy idiot in front of just myself. <laughs> Like, it's all good and you know what i I'm agree with you. It's okay. film it and put it out there because yeah oh my goodness well jessica thank you so much and i will de- we're definitely going to be doing this again because we've got so much to talk about <laughs> oh it has been a blast and thank you so much uh for coming on to the plant powered pantry podcast and also the Plant Powered Pantry YouTube channel. And I'm sure we'll be sharing this on all of our platforms. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll find us whichever one you want to get on. <laughs> Instagram is my favorite. Oh, please. I can only imagine what I am. older millennial, so. <laughs> no. I was like, this TikTok yeah. is rude. And I'm going to tell, like, for anybody listening, and I know I've said this before, the Instagram vegan community is so positive. Yeah, we've got our, our vegan police that are out there, but... For the most part, I know the circles that you and I both run in is so positive and so supportive and so great. I mean, look, it, it's how we connected. And I love the vegan, like the Instagram vegan community is a huge force. Um, and every year it's getting bigger, which just makes me happy because like, I always say, even if everybody, if everyone in North America went plant-based one day a week, yep. you'd save like a hundred, I think it was like a hundred billion gallons of water and like 1.5 billion animals and like the environmental impact would be huge. And so if you're ever curious about going veggie, you can literally reach out to me, you can reach out to you, you can reach out to literally anybody on the, I've never had, that's not true. I've had negative interactions with some of the vegan police but 99% of the people that I've met through the vegan That's amazing. Um, can you really quick just plug your meal plans? Because I know that that's something you've been working on. Yeah, so I do meal plans. Um, like I said, I have a meal plan database. It's $24 a month Canadian and you have access to just all these pre-paid, like pre-made meal plans. Um, I do make meal plans for people personally. If people want to work one-on-one -on -one with me, I can do total personal meal plans for them. They have a grocery list, snacks, meals, like recipes. They take into consideration how much time you want to cook, what you Thank want Thank you eat. so much for joining um, me in my kitchen today. Have, I enjoyed our time together. Don't forget so to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the Plant-Powered Pantry Podcast. Also, if you have a minute, do me a favor, rate and review the show. It really means a lot to me. Also, to stay up with all things Plant-Powered and to get today's recipe, please visit plantpoweredpantry.com. All right, my friends, until next week, keep on cooking. We should do this all the time.